You're listening to The Jen and Don Show. The news you need to know. Now, here's Jen and Don on AM590. The answer. Tragedy striking Florida once again, Don. Boy, it seems that we are constantly focusing on the state of Florida and the sad stories coming from the state. Multiple people were killed today when a newly built bridge at Florida International University had collapsed upon a major highway in the Miami area. Florida Highway Patrol Lieutenant Camacho confirmed all of this. They reported that the modular bridge called the Sweetwater University City Bridge was the world's first bridge to be constructed entirely out of self-cleaning concrete. Emergency officials were also looking beneath the wreckage Again, for additional people who might be trapped. And uh, this was kind of a, this scene was almost unbelievable. It looked like it was out of a movie, Don. Uh, apparently, it seems, and we haven't gotten confirmation on this yet, but it seems that they were doing some stress tests on the bridge. There was still construction happening on the bridge, even though it was opening at the time of this collapse. I'm just, I'm shocked. Yes, stress testing was underway is what is being reported. I'm just shocked that without that stress test or whatever, uh, measures uh, were to be taken to validate that this bridge was wor- was strength worthy, that traffic was allowed to pass underneath until it was, you know, all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed. I'm sure we will learn much more in the days and weeks to come about this. But the irony, you know, irony, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but unfortunately, this bridge was being touted as a unity bridge. It was to join mm-hmm. two, uh, can- the community and a rapidly developing campus, uh, Florida University. And Eyewitness accounts uh, were surreal. The people were talking about how they were just utterly uh, astonished and shocked by what they saw. Several eyewitness accounts actually watched the collapse. And uh, Senator Nelson, who is uh, Marco Rubio's counterpart, indicated that fatalities uh, would be um, high. We're hearing now mixed reports. Eight trapped vehicles under the bridge is what was officially announced in a recent press conference, but they've already got four cranes on the scene to begin lifting the bridge and family reunification efforts are underway. This bridge uh, collapsed. It weighed 950 tons. That's the portion of the bridge that went down. This, uh, again, is a big tragedy for Florida. Everybody trying to figure out uh, what happened and how this was allowed to happen. As you mentioned, traffic being allowed to flow on that highway underneath, even though construction was still underway, stress testing was still going on. And these cars that were trapped under this bridge, under the weight of those 950 tons, were just smashed, uh, pancaked, really, is the only way between uh, the highway and the bridge that you can really describe the wreckage. I watched, uh, you know, obviously a similar scene unfolded up in San Francisco when a uh, highway bridge pancaked down during an earthquake. I got to tell you, this is one of my secret fears. Everybody's got, I guess, their fears, fear of heights, fear Mm -hmm. of the dark, fear of elevators, fear of close spaces. I will readily admit I have a fear of being caught under a bridge collapse to the point to where I actually sometimes will slow down when I'm approaching intersections with those high bridges here in California and then speed up as we go underneath just so I don't – I mean, that that is a – I mean – 
a phobia of mine, if you will. Yeah, there. I know everybody does have something. And boy, uh, again, we will continue to follow this story. But again, our thoughts and prayers going out to uh, the first responders and the victims in that bridge collapse in Florida, Florida International University, the scene uh, that uh, saw this happen today, Thursday. Special counsel Robert Mueller has subpoenaed the Trump Organization, Don, for business documents. Uh, the New York Times first reported on this development. They said the subpoena included documents related to Russia. Of course, we can't go to too far without hearing about Russia. The reports mark the first publicly known time that Mueller has demanded documents related to President Donald Trump's business. The subpoena, according to the reporting, is a sign that the Mueller investigation continues to pick up steam, even as Trump uh, has really kind of fought back against any remaining questions about potential coordination between his organization, his associates, his campaign, and the Russian. He de- Russians, he denies any wrongdoing. Trump has said he would view any investigation of his or her family's personal finances that didn't involve Russia as a violation that would cross a red line with the Mueller team. This is the problem with having a special counsel that does not given the task of investigating a specific crime. This is an open-ended investigation. Mueller is able to take this investigation wherever he wants to. And the very difficult thing about this for us to really get our arms around is the fact that um, the people that are on his team, most of them show their loyalties either through contributions or or past, uh, you know, actions uh, to be completely on the other side of the political aisle from uh, conservatives and Republicans. It, this doesn't surprise me. This is uh, absolutely what I think was intended to happen all along. We we always seem to hear Jennifer about the people who know Mueller saying, "Stand up, guy," this mm-hmm. or that or the other thing. Don't you remember when people were saying the same thing about Comey? They were saying the same thing about some of these other people. And the more that seems to come out about these people, the more they seem to be people who are compromised by other agendas. We heard the same thing about McCabe, who is again in the news. We heard the same thing about, um, you know, the number uh, two person over at the FBI, Strozak, who identified, I'm sorry, he wasn't the number two person, but he was in charge of the Hillary camp investigation, heard this. We hear the same things about these people, stand up people, great people. And then as, as, as the situation develops, we learn they're, they're compromised individuals for one reason or another. And it hasn't come out about Mueller, but I'm not, I will not be shocked if we don't learn more in, you know, when we get further down the road here. Well, see, you know what? I actually don't think I, I disagree with you uh, in a slight way, and that is that I don't think Robert Mueller is a bad guy, and I don't even know if maybe it's his intention to witch hunt President Trump. But what I do think is that Rod Rosenstein, who is the Deputy Attorney General right now under Jeff Sessions, and who is the lead on this investigation between potential collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, because Jeff Sessions stepped down to recuse himself, should have absolutely put some stipulations on this investigation. That's what was the failure in all of this. Instead of making this about Russia and its possible interference in our election, Don, now we're looking at Trump's business transactions from God knows when. They can go back years and years and years and years. If they find something interesting, they'll keep going, even if it has absolutely nothing to do with Russia. So I don't know if that makes Robert Mueller a bad guy. I just think think when he was hired and brought on, he absolutely should have been given limitations. It, It seems a bit ridiculous. Now, a source 
source who says they know the Robert Mueller investigation, take it with a, a grain of salt, said that this is an intention. The subpoena is simply an intention to clean up to make sure that the Trump organization who has been cooperating with Mueller's team really did turn over all the documents that existed and that there's nothing that uh, they may have forgotten or left behind. For their part, the Trump organization is downplaying the whole subpoena notion, saying it's old news. Uh, this this has been going on for a while. This is a clarification about the documents that they want. They've been saying that they've been cooperating with the investigation, calling this revelation again old news. So since 2017, they've advised the public that the Trump organization is fully cooperating with all investigations, including the special counsel, and is responsive to all requests. But I don't, you know, Jennifer, I don't know. I, the, the more we go down this rabbit hole and learn about the swamp, if you will, the greater uh, D.C. swamp, uh, the more I really am suspect of people. You know, Robert Mueller is the boss of this thing. And yes, you know, Rosenstein is in charge of it. But it's, it's Mueller's uh, decision, I think, where they take this. And if Mueller is not railing in, and, and, and this is, the only reason we know about this is why. Because it was leaked. Right. Uh, well, all of this information comes via leaks. I just, I feel like if Robert Mueller is an investigator, right, he's a, he's done this uh, almost his entire life in some form or another. If you find something that you think looks interesting or suspicious, you're going to go down that rabbit hole. You're going to continue to, to find things and uncover stuff. I feel that he should have been hired and there should have been strict r- limitations to what this investigation was all about. Now, this is an open fund for taxpayer dollars to go into something we may not even there when they finally do come to a conclusion it may not be of anything anything even of interest to the american people it'll be i guess all we can do now it's too late to to cry over spilt milk but i guess all we can do now is just watch where this investigation goes and uh, a lot of talking heads are saying it's getting close to wrapping up and uh obviously this to me indicates they're not even near done yet maybe they should turn their attention to joe biden's son who struck a billion dollar deal with the chinese government 10 days after after Biden visited China. I don't oh. know. Or, you know, are you watching are any <laughs> so of So many things we could list that need to be investigated. Or anything from the untouchable Clinton family. Yep. I mean, there are a million things that would maybe be deserving of a special prosecutor. It just, or a special investigator. It just seems very odd that this is the one where we are targeting them. But we continue to follow that story. In the same vein as Russia, the White House did issue a statement today. They have sanctioned Russians for 2016 election interference and related cyber attacks. This is all related, actually, well, some of it related to the Mueller investigation. Those indictments of 13 Russians, those people were included in the sanctions. Uh, The sanctions went against 19 Russian individuals and five organizations for meddling in the 2016 election. They were actually announced by Steve Mnuchin and voted on by Congress months ago. Don't think that this timing just happened to be today that Steve Mnuchin went out and announced these sanctions because things are heating up for Russia as the United States, Germany, France and the United Kingdom are all standing together in condemning Russia for an attack with a weapon of mass destruction uh, against that Russian spy that really took down 21 people with this nerve agent. Yeah, a radio. It was. I also read about that it's a, there's a second uh, attempt at someone's life and they are saying something about using a radioactive uh, drug. Any case, 
the media is loving these sanctions, saying, look, Tr- Mueller must be getting closer to Trump because Trump is doing this. He's sanctioning his buddy Putin because Mueller's getting close. Right. So he's throwing, he's trying to throw us off the scent. But we know better. We know that Donald Trump is just doing this because he wants to throw us off. He knows Mueller's getting <laughs> closer. Optics. So, yeah, it's just optics. It has nothing <sighs> to do with the real world. In the meantime, Andrew McCabe is fighting for his li- his uh, life in the next 24 hours or so. Well, yeah, let's stop it here because we'll come back with that. This story is an interesting one. Andrew McCabe fighting to keep his pension as his retirement date is looming. Will Jeff Sessions stop that plan for Andrew McCabe? More up ahead, it is the Jen and Don Show on AM 590, The Answer. Dancing, Back to the Jen and Don Show. Now, here's Jen and Don. It's Russia all day, every day here on the Jen and Don Show. Jeez. Maybe we should start training ourselves in the language of Russian. What do you think? Uh, or at least develop good Russian accents. I think we need to get Something. an acting coach here and probably get some good advice about how we can. Because I know I know a couple of words, yet and da. Da. Yes and no. I say da to you all the time. Da. Da. (laughs) All right. Well, the reason we are talking about Russia, lots of news breaking. We found out that Robert Mueller is going to issue a subpoena to the Trump organization for documents related to Russia. We also found out that the leaders of our country, Germany and France, have joined together with the United Kingdom in accusing Russia of being behind that nerve agent attack on the ex-Russian spy. They issued a joint statement on Thursday. President Trump, French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Angela Merkel and British Prime Minister Theresa May all together said that they uh, abhor. That's a Ab- good word. Abhor. 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 Thanks. You always like to grammatically correct your, me. Your Russian accent coaching will help you with that word. <laughs> abhor. Abhor. That means they don't like it. I know what it means. They don't like it. They don't like the attack against Sergei Skripal. <laughs> and your Russian accent training will help you with that too. All Russian names will come out smoother once you have. Russian and his daughter Yulia. I got that. Yulia. In Salisbury. This happened in Salisbury. If you remember back on March 4th, lots of attention. Of course, police officers, military responded to this. 21 others were caught up in this nerve agent and they were put, they put it on the handle of, of this guy's door. And, uh, boy, it affected a lot of people. This is a weapon of mass destruction. These leaders came together, uh, again, against Russia coming out strong. Now, Prime Minister Theresa May, was uh, in the focus yesterday. She accused Russia of murder in front of Parliament. Take a listen. Here's the Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, it was right to offer Russia the opportunity to provide an explanation. But their response has demonstrated complete disdain for the gravity of these events. They have provided no credible explanation that that could suggest they lost control of their nerve agent. No explanation as to how this agent came to be used in the United Kingdom. No explanation as to why Russia has an undeclared chemical weapons program in contravention of international law. Instead, they have treated the use of a military-grade nerve agent in Europe with sarcasm, contempt and defiance. So, Mr Speaker, there is no alternative conclusion 
other than that the Russian state was culpable for the attempted murder of Mr Skripal and his daughter and for threatening the lives of other British citizens in Salisbury, including Detective Sergeant Nick Bailey. It must therefore be met with a full and robust response beyond the actions we have already taken since the murder of Mr Litvinenko and to counter this pattern of Russian aggression elsewhere. Remember back to 2004 when then-Ukrainian President Yushchenko had been poisoned with a radioactive uh, poison of some sort. Sure. What that did to his face and how he looked after that. So this is not a new signature, if you will, to Russia. This no, is it's how they know that, that they're behind it because they were able to trace it back to them. Yes. So now, you know, the, you've got Theresa May. Develop, you know, let, let's let's sanction Russia. They're going to expel 23 Russian diplomats who have been identified as undeclared intelligence officers. This is the single biggest expulsion in 30 years. Uh, they're going to suspend all uh, contacts with Russia, including planned visits by royals and government ministers to this summer's World Cup in Russia. They're going to freeze Russian state assets. Uh, and threaten uh, Russian property in UK uh, owned by nationalists and residents with Russian connections. This is a broad, uh, sweeping effort to, you know, clamp down on Russia for this attack. Because I think that uh, Vladimir Putin keeps doing these things because he thinks that he can. Also, economically, Putin can't do much with uh, with Russia. They don't have a great economy. So he's able to do things like these targeted attacks, cyber attacks, things that they can do for relative low amounts of money that can still cause wreck havoc and, and cause chaos all around the globe. Now, Nikki Haley, our ambassador to the United Nations on Wednesday, stood in front of the U.N. She does such a great job. And and condemned Russia for this chemical attack. The United States stands in absolute solidarity with Great Britain. The United States believes that Russia is responsible for the attack on two people in the United Kingdom using a military-grade nerve agent. Dozens of civilians and first responders were also exposed. Police officer Nick Bailey was the first to arrive on the scene and remains hospitalized in serious condition. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the victims of this atrocious crime. This is a defining moment. Time and time again, member states say they oppose the use of chemical weapons under any circumstance. Now one member stands accused of using chemical weapons on the sovereign soil of another member. The credibility of this council will not survive if we fail to hold Russia accountable. So who is Sergei Skripal? He's a former intelligence officer with the GRU, which is Russia's foreign intelligence spy agency. He was convicted in 2006 of betraying the identities of Russian intelligence agents working undercover in Europe to MI6, the British intelligence military, uh, the British military intelligence service. And he is thought to have blown the cover of over 300 Russian agents, uh, according to the Financial Times, which is a British uh, uh British news agency. So that's who this guy is that Russia went after. Um, you know, if you're going to do something like this, I, I, I got to think that you would be smarter about this than that. I've seen plenty of spy movies. Don't they have other ways of taking out the people that they want to 
uh, take out other than something with as obvious a signature as this? I know, where it can be totally traced back. It's pretty unbelievable. Nikki Haley, again, at the UN, continued on trying to get the support of the United Nations to actually get tough on Russia. And she warned that this kind of attack, as you mentioned, Don, it seems very bold and brazen to happen in Salisbury in the United Kingdom, could happen in one of our major cities, including New York. If we don't take immediate concrete measures to address this now, Salisbury will not be the last place we see chemical weapons used. They could be used here in New York or in cities or of any country that sits on this council. Skripal had been living in the UK since being freed in a U.S.-Russia prisoner swap in 2010. He and his daughter were both found unconscious on a bench in downtown Salisbury and, uh, uh, again, remain in critical condition. Yeah, these uh, the effects of the nerve agent, if they don't get you initially, they really don't set you up for a good, healthy life. They take its to- they take their toll, not only on your nervous system, on your breathing. It can cause all sorts of long-term damage. So uh, a, a scary situation there, and it seems that uh, the United States and our allies getting tough on Russia. The FBI's Office of Professional Responsibility, something that you and I could not work in. <laughs> Don. It, it, is there professional responsibility at the highest levels of the FBI? That's what they're pretending. Yeah, well, they have recommended the firing of former FBI director Andrew McCabe, who remains on the payroll. Remember, Andrew McCabe left the FBI, I think it was back in January, but he had enough vacation time and time off to burn through that he is not due. He was able to take that time up into his retirement, which I believe was going to take place this Sunday. Now, Jeff Sessions at the Department of Justice has a decision before him. Does he take the recommendation of the FBI's Office of Professional Responsibility and fire Andrew McCabe before Friday, or does he let Andrew McCabe take his pension, which will kick in on Sunday? He could lose, apparently, significant retirement benefits if uh, Sessions does this. And a lot of this stems from, uh, you know, McCabe taking uh, money from the Hillary Clinton campaign to help fund his wife's Senate race. I think the numbers have ranged between a half a million and three quarters of a million dollars. Um, all the way to, you know, his accusations of disclosing sensitive information to a reporter and then lying about it. So that seems to be what's really at the root of all of this is that uh, is that information leak. I think that there's got to be some consequence for your behavior. And unfortunately, I'm not optimistic that Jeff Sessions is going to take this step. I think that there's going to that they're going to lean on the fact that he has uh you know served the United States for a long period of time something that he did in the later years of his retirement shouldn't be used to uh damage his a retirement benefit that he worked for forever I disagree with that I think that actions uh have consequences let's just look at uh you know the uh, Navy sailor Saucier on board uh, submarine who innocently took pictures and then left His the phone in ruined. a place. Yeah, the, the, the phone was retrieved. They found out that he took those pictures, never did anything with them. He spends a year in prison, loses his home. His life is financially ruined because of one small incident dealing with not even classified information, but it was the lowest level of classified in, uh, type information. Here you got a guy that did high level things. I think he I think there's a price to be paid to send a message to other people. 
I agree with you. And he's actually getting two pensions. He gets one for his ranking at the upper levels of the FBI and one for his time uh, as a lower level FBI agent. Because remember, he worked his way up through the ranks at the FBI. And the one that would be far more damaging is the one he'd lose for being a, a, a really just a, a, a normal member of the FBI. That's where he spent most of his time. That's where most of his pension money will come in. So it's very possible one pension might go away or maybe be disputed. Uh, but I think you're right. I think he's going to end up getting his full pension. I don't think he's going to see that punishment. Hey, uh, an event to tell you about that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the program. The 5th Annual Unite IE Conservative Conference is coming up. It's the Battleground Talkers Tour for the midterm elections. The future of conservatism will be in the focus. It happens Sunday, April the 8th, starting at 1130 at the Riverside Convention Center. And this year's lineup is absolutely huge. Larry Elder, Hugh Hewitt, Assemblyman Travis Allen, and our special VIP luncheon speaker, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Yeah, and we're talking to other people. Might may add a few names to this list, but this is a very important event that we hold in the Inland Empire annually. It is held. People come from all over the state and actually out of state to come to this. But the focus is getting folks off the bench. So if you're hearing this, hearing about this conference, and you've been wondering what you can do to get involved, this is the place to come. We're going to connect you with the groups around the Inland Empire that are going to be doing the heavy lifting this midterm. So come on down and get introduced you're gonna there's gonna be folks from both uh, county parties there you can learn more about what the republican parties do uh during the election process you can meet the groups that are going to be involved in the grassroots efforts to get out the vote we need your help so come on down to the fifth annual unite ie conservative conference and get connected to find out what you can do to push back against the progressive tidal wave in california get your tickets right now am590.info that's am590.info more up ahead it is the jen and Don show on AM 590 The Answer. Who do you trust with your real estate financing? We all get our money the same place. We all have the same basic programs. The question is, who has the knowledge and more importantly, the integrity to advise you with your best interests in mind? Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender and host of the main event, heard Saturdays and Sundays right here on 590 The Answer. For over 20 years, Wholesale Capital has been putting your interests first. What would I advise you if you were my brother or my sister, my mom and dad, or my son and daughter? If you're in the market for a new home to live in, a vacation home, or an investment property, if you need to refinance, or if you're a senior that's considering that wonderful financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, and you want the comfort of knowing that you're talking to a company that you can trust to look out for your best interest on one of the largest transactions you'll ever make in your life, Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. Listening to the Jim and Don Show. It's Event to Palooza on the Jen and Don Show. We just told you about the Unite IE Conservative Conference. Those tickets are available at am590.info. We still have two more juicy events, and we want to meet you. Inland Empire, get moving. 
come and see us. We want to hang out. We're going to have fun. We're doing live broadcasts. We're meeting candidates. It's midterm madness season officially on the Jen and Don show. So more event information to come in just a few minutes. But first on uh, in Florida, Broward Deputy Scott Peterson got a lot of negative press. A lot of people ganging up on Scott Peterson because the sheriff in Broward County said that uh, he didn't enter the building when the school shooting was taking place just about a month and a day or two ago on Valentine's Day at Stoneman Douglas High School. Now the security video has been released. CNN sued for access to this video. The sheriff's office was refusing to release it. It's a 27-minute video that came out of the longtime resource officer, former now, who was who was let go, after he responded to initial reports of a shooting at this high school. And Don, I know you've watched this. I've watched it. I don't know if we've learned all that much. Well, there's a it's a 27 minute video, and it is reports to, purports to show uh, this uh, resource officer responding to those initial reports of the shooting. Uh, much of the video is simply from one angle, and it doesn't really show all that much. Most of what it seems to show happens in the very beginning of the video. Broward County Sheriff's Office says the video speaks for itself. His actions were enough to warrant an internal affairs investigation as requested by Sheriff Scott Israel back on February 21st. I didn't see all that much there. I don't know that we know what we were looking for even in this video. It would have been nice if there had been a little bit more uh, to you know, point it out as far as what we're watching as this video advances. The video had been put up on YouTube, has since been taken down by YouTube. I'm not sure why. YouTube censorship is becoming an increasingly uh, more uh, discussed topic among conservatives, especially as YouTube is censoring conservatives, conservative sites, censoring some videos when letting other videos that show very graphic uh, you know, accident scenes and so forth, even terrorist events. But this video, um, I, I'm I'm wondering why the reluctance on the part of the sheriff's office to release it in the first place. Well, I, I wonder about that, too. It was definitely reluctance, I'm sure. And Scott Israel, the Broward County Sheriff, who's also been criticized for his handling of all of this, from maybe this untrained officer in Scott Peterson to his response to the ignored complaints that came into his office about the shooter, Nicholas Cruz. He had said that this video sickened him. Now, it definitely shows that Scott Peterson stayed outside. He stayed outside with his gun drawn while the shots were ringing. Out Scott Peterson, remember, had re had fired back with the well, not through his own words, but through the words of his lawyer, who said that he believed the shooter was coming from the outside, which is why he stayed outside the school. Now, whatever you believe, you do understand that he was armed and did not go into that building. And uh, this doesn't bode well again for the Broward Sheriff's Office, but I do don't think it's this damaging. It does make you question why they just wouldn't release it in the first place. It is sort of a matter of public record. Well, it does. And again, it's another distraction from the real, I think, core issue here. What we've learned in in all of this is that as the left is using this event to point the finger at the NRA 
and gun ownership in the Second Amendment, they are completely missing the, the, the real story here, which is the program that the Obama administration implemented in this school district. I'm sure that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of other school districts and counties around the country that adopted this. I think that's the untold story. Yeah, I, this th- promise program. You're right about that. Yeah, there's got to be some form of investigation that will that that's done either uh, hopefully ongoing uh, to find out other school districts that implemented the promise program in an effort to do what they said they were trying to do and the what they called the school to prison pipeline and find out if there's other you know Nicholas Cruz's lurking in the shadows because I think there are yeah, I think you're right about that. And uh, it is sad that we're only hearing this debate from from these young people who are uh, being used to do these protests. And we don't hear the complete story. We just hear about the guns. We're not talking about mental illness. We're not talking about the failures of law enforcement. We're not really talking about all of the things that will prevent future events like this one. Moving on now to Washington, D.C., lots of uh, attention has been given to the changes going on at the White House. One of the changes that was announced this week is that Rex Tillerson would be leaving as Secretary of State, and he was going to be replaced by Trump's nominee for the position, CIA Director, current CIA Director, Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo, once he became Secretary of State, would be replaced by a woman named Gina Haspel. She would be the first female director of the CIA. Now, both of these individuals need to be confirmed by the Senate. And uh, it seems, even though Republicans have the majority in the Senate, and Don, that's all you need to get a confirmation as a simple majority, a few Republicans are now coming out against these picks from President Trump. Senator John McCain, Senator Susan Collins from Maine, and Senator Rand Paul being very vocal about this. Here is Rand Paul talking about why he will probably not vote in uh, to confirm these two individuals. One of the things I have always uh, admired about President Trump is his opposition to the Iraq war, his forthrightness about this, and his condemnation of the regime change. So I'm perplexed by the nomination of people who love the Iraq war so much that they would advocate for a war with Iran next. I think it goes against most of the things that President Trump campaigned on, that the unintended consequences of regime change in Iraq actually led to instability in the Middle East and actually made the conditions worse in the Middle East. So it perplexes me that he is now nominating uh, for Secretary of State someone who has advocated uh, and pushed for regime change in Iran. This is stirring up a lot of interesting headlines and renewing, you know, a controversy uh, again about whether or not the United States is a torturer or not. Politico has a headline out. Gina Haspel is a torturer. What else does the Senate need to know? And The Hill is carrying a report now. Apparently, a book publisher is offering a free online edition of the Senate report on torture in light of this nomination. It really is bringing up a conversation about whether or not somebody that has this history uh, should be in, in, you know, reach the highest levels. Now, functionally speaking, I don't know what difference it makes. She is in a position right now where a lot of the a lot of times Jennifer these uh, cabinet heads or agency heads are really just um figurehead positions and the real work of managing agencies lies two or three levels beneath these positions that she's now being elevated to so 
it may just be much ado about nothing. You know, she is in a position where she has been uh, very involved in managing the agency uh, up till this point. Didn't seem to be a bother to anybody until President Trump decided to push her up right. one more level. Yeah, and we will hear some audio from Rand Paul talking about uh, that pick for CIA, Gina Haspel. I would say, Don, it, look, the, I know people are taking issue with these uh, forms, these advanced forms of interrogation. For me, this makes me like her even more because I believe we have a problem. I know you understand this with terrorists that uh, believe that they uh, are working in the name of God and they want to, they think they're doing everything right. They don't think they're bad guys. They think they're the good guys. And sometimes you need that information and you need to get it out of them. And this is not something that Gina Haspel did over and over again. This is not a responsibility that she took people. lightly. There, there were three, three instances. That's right. And it was perfectly legal. It was the Bush administration when this happened. And uh, it, it just seems to me that we should be actually applauding someone who may have saved many American lives instead of throwing her up against the wall saying that uh, she's inappropriate for this position. Here's Rand Paul now. Again, I think you and I both disagree with them, but let's hear his perspective on Gina Haspel. Specifically on the CIA director, I oppose her because she believes that waterboarding should be something that we use. And I think America shouldn't be known for torture. And I have members of my family in the military. I don't want, if they're ever captured right. for foreign countries, to think torture is okay. We need to look a lot more thoroughly into her background because I don't know that it's fair to say that she's someone that supports this. It was legal under the Bush administration. It's not now. I don't know that she's necessarily advocating for it, but there's a lot more to learn about uh, this particular appointment. Uh, absolutely. All right. Now, I promised you a Ventapalooza, and boy, do we have one, Don. This is going to be lots of fun. Next Friday is the date. A week from this coming Friday at Dos Lagos in Corona, we are going to be doing a drive to sign the petition for the gas tax. We're also going to be hosting a candidate forum. Assemblyman Travis Allen will be there, candidate for governor. More candidates to be named soon. I think our friend uh, Chief Dave, Br Dave Brown running for sheriff will be there all at Dos Lagos next Friday. And you won't want to miss it. We're going to start things off at 5 and we'll do a live broadcast of the Jen and Don show at six the call has gone out to all candidates running for offices throughout the inland empire to be there to meet and greet and if you're driving north or south on the 15 during the five to six seven o'clock hour swing on by get off the get off the freeway go into the dos lagos shopping center and sign the petition to repeal the gas tax put this repeal effort onto the ballot we need everybody's help we've got to gather enough signatures so that we can go beyond uh substantially beyond the statutory number because we know that the registrar of voters are going to throw a lot of signatures out so stop on by sign the petition and stick around a while and meet some of the candidates and meet assemblyman travis allen who's running for governor if you haven't met him already. It's going to be lots of fun, and we love getting out to meet you. So come on by at Dos Lagos. More information on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Jen and Don Show. It is the Jen and Don Show on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Jen and Don Show. Now, Here's Jim and Don. It's midterm madness and eventapalooza for the Jen and Don show. I mentioned to you we've got the United IE Conservative Conference coming up on April the 8th. We also have, Don, a broadcast coming up at Dos Lagos between 5 and 7 with our 
friend, Assemblyman Travis Allen. All of the other candidates have been invited to this. It's a candidate forum slash live broadcast and petition drive, a signature drive for repealing the gas tax. That's next Friday, which is March 23rd. But coming up, Don, coming up in just a mere matter of moments on March 16th, this coming this Friday, like now, you're going to be out there broadcasting without me, you big jerk. Uh, from this event in Palm in Palm Desert in the Palm Springs area, Michael Flynn will be out doing a fundraiser for Omar Navarro, right? We have been invited to do a live broadcast at an event that is going to draw between two and 300 people, possibly more. It does feature Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who had early on promised an endorsement to the young man who is one of one of now four, uh, but there, but the young man Omar Navarro, who is running for Congress to challenge <laughs> impeach Barney Fife, Maxine Waters, because it right. really sounds like when she says impeach forty five, it sounds like she's saying impeach Barney Fife. So that's going to be a, a big event. There will be candidates. There will be a lot of other action going on. So from four to seven, the event starts at four. Uh, it concludes with a live broadcast of our show. We'll be doing candidate. Uh, interviews as well as uh, you know getting the pulse of what's going on out there in the desert with this election there's a lot of races uh, that go that uh, uh, sort of edge over into the desert that are very important the one of the big ones is the uh, assembly race to replace Chad Mays there's two uh, contestants that are vying for that one of them comes from the desert Gary Gendron will be there we'll be interviewing him probably so it's going to be a big event. If you are so inclined, if you're out in the desert, first of all, come down to the Republican headquarters, which is where it's going to be. We'll have the event page up on our Facebook page. You can go there. The address is 7888700, Highway 111 in La Quinta. And uh, they've got an awesome Awesome headquarters out there, Jennifer. A 5,000 square foot space in a retail pad. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of energy out there in the desert. So come on out and add to it. Cool. That sounds like a great thing. And uh, we can't wait to see pictures and hear more. The broadcast will air on the 16th. Come on out and see Don Dix. All right. A little, uh, gosh, I hate to say it's gossip because this is actually some sad news. Vanessa Trump filed for divorce against her husband, Donald Trump Jr. late Thursday in Manhattan Supreme Court. The president's daughter-in-law filed for an uncontested proceeding, meaning they're not expecting a legal battle over custody, which would make you think they've already come to some sort of arrangement as far as uh, monetary settlement and child support, of course, a custody settlement. They got married back in 2005, and this was first reported by Page Six uh, when they were struggling with their marital problems. That was uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, it seems that the rumors have been swirling, and now it's official Vanessa Trump filing for divorce from Donald Trump Jr. You know, I I really got to think, because what they're citing here is the fact that, you know, travel schedules, some of the stuff that he tweeted, uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr. is a busy guy. He's the son of the president of the United States. And if it's just about the fact that he's a busy guy, um, aren't there a lot of other families that are stressed with busyness of the weight of the uh, head of household, whether it's the guy or the woman, going out and earning a living and not being at home, uh, missing a lot of events? I mean, it strikes me that you've got members of the military. They're gone for months at a time, and someone has to stay behind, take care of the kids, take care of the affairs. It, I, I just wonder if that's all there is, um, and not specifically about them, 
but gosh darn it, you know, it takes a lot to do some of the things that you have to do to get by nowadays. And I think that we all need to be more accommodating and understanding that. Yeah, I think that's true. And sometimes things just don't work out, sadly. And I don't think it it helps when you do have these aggressive travel schedules or when you might be married to your job in addition to your spouse. These are things that all could be true in this situation. I just, you know, when there are five kids involved like the the Trumps have, as a child of divorce myself, I try not to speculate as to what went wrong and just wish them the best and hope that they find happiness. If they weren't happy before, hopefully they'll be happy now. Yeah, it's just an, um, in the greater scheme of things, not that they should stay married because of this, but it's, you know, one of the last things that the uh, uh, country needs to see in the first family. True. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. It's been the Jen and Don Show on AM 590, The Answer.